you are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. I had a moment of honesty because we got to practice today on our honest behaviors and lack thereof. Uh, how many would understand that video and some of the relational challenges that you experience on the daily? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, thank you for being uh, so honest. Uh, hey, we're in the middle of a series, a relational series, and what we've been focusing on is uh, kind of leaning into a few scriptures, a few, a few references in the Bible uh, that, would, might, uh, that could possibly help us define what a healthy relationship would look like. And what we've determined is this, is that every healthy relationship has expectations. And in the Bible, uh, God sets those expectations, and we know them as the Ten Commandments. And I say this every week, but man, I don't really like that word. I hate being commanded to do anything. And so uh, I've been trying to reframe this into a conversation to to just help us understand and, and be a little bit more open up to this idea that God... Uh, has the best intentions for us. He wants us to be in positive relationships, not only with each other, but a positive relationship with self. Does anybody need help with that? Come on, man, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's easier said than done. And then he also wants a positive relationship with him, right? Like God wants a positive relationship with us. And let me just say it like this. I think Moses, he wrote those on stone, but Jesus came and he wants them written on our hearts. He wants them to be written in flesh, that these commandments aren't just a great idea. They're supposed to be a lifestyle. See, Moses came down the mountain carrying those Ten Commandments, those expectations. But you know what Jesus did? He lived them. Man, I want to be like Jesus. And so let's go ahead and jump into today's scripture and to today's references. If you have your Bible, open up to Exodus 20, and then eventually we're going to get to Matthew 5. We're going to take a pit stop in Proverbs. I'm going to tell you a few wrong references and where those are, so good luck finding them. Uh, but Google, uh, Google them later. Uh, but here's the deal. Exodus 20:16 says this, and this is smack dab right into the Ten Commandments. It says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, how many of you feel like you're in the middle of a courthouse? You know what I'm saying? It's hard to read that. It's like, but no. Or how about this? You've just been called to the principal's office. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, it's time to be honest. Anybody relate to that? You know, you were the guy, you were the kid. The tension was, you know, you had your own seat. Uh, How about this one? Uh, I kind of felt like moments where I got in trouble with my parents and and my mom or my dad would just call me my, my first name, Andrew Michael Cass. Would you please come here? That's the type of feeling I get when I read this. And I'm not sure that's the exact reason or feeling that I should feel or that we should look into it. Let me just say it like this. If we were going to rewrite Exodus 2016 in a positive term, this is what God's trying to get across to us. Be an honest person. Be an honest person. The big ideas today, of today's message is this. Healthy relationships or a healthy community, a healthy church hinges on honesty as a central value. Any healthy relationships where honesty is an option? You can't find it 
It will not last. And so today I want to lean into this idea. And so I want to open up to Matthew 5 where Jesus begins to explain a deeper meaning of this Exodus 20 reference where it says, you shall not give false testimony against a neighbor. So go ahead and open up to Matthew 5, 33. I'm sure that's the right reference. We'll find out later. You'll tell me after the message. It'll be great. Uh, but the context is this, is Jesus is teaching a crowd. He's teaching a bunch of people. And in and, and this particular reference, it's named uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' mantra. It's his iconic message. And theologians and, and people that study scripture believe that this isn't, ju- this isn't just one message or a message that he shared once. This is a message he shared over and over and over. And what gives them the idea is there's a, a really close reference to almost exactly just some things that are a different order uh, that they call the Sermon on the Plain. So we have to understand Jesus was a traveling sage of sort. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. And so he would travel. And what he would do is he'd repeat this type of message. So it's not a surprise that if, if they're going to record anything in Scripture, that they would put something like this in it. Because this was Jesus' heartbeat. Jesus was trying to speak this message into our life. And so Jesus is looking at the Ten Commandments, and he's explaining them as we've been talking about. And Matthew 5.33, it says, Again, you have heard... Uh, It was said uh, to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. And then verse 37, and that sounds very courthouse-ish, right? Uh, Jesus makes it simple, and he says this, just let your yes be a simple yes, and your no a simple no. Anything more than this has an origin of evil. How many of you would agree with me that if someone says, believe me, you're not going to believe them. Or you're at least going to question whether or not this is legit. See, when I was young and I would listen to this message or I'd, heard, I'd be in Sunday school and they, I would have to memorize the Ten Commandments, man, like the way that I interpreted that Exodus reference was it had a lot to do with what I'm, I'm swearing about. You know, I'm like, I swear to God. And you know, come on, you all say that when you're, you're a kid and then your parent might have uh, helped you and maybe corrected you, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. But as a young man, as a young boy, I thought that that whole context of that Uh, commandment or that expectation had a lot to do with vocabulary. And I got stuck on that. I I thought I had to eliminate a few words from my vocabulary. But what God is trying to whisper to us, what he's trying to show us is this. He's trying to remind us to be honest. Look at your neighbor and say, be honest. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you liar. (laughs) I don't say that. So here's the deal. The funny thing about about uh, this conversation and this topic is this is a pretty common message within the Bible, which I think is ironic because we all know as humans, honesty should be a central value to be in a healthy relationship. You've heard that before. You know that. You might not have written it out like that, but you know that if you want to have a healthy relationship, you have to be honest. And God, but God knows this is an issue with us. So what, he, what does he do? He repeats this message over and over. So I want to read some of those scriptures. So how about this one, single, single ladies uh, in this room? You might like this one, Proverbs 24, 26. I have no idea why. I know why I said singles ladies, single ladies, but I shouldn't have. But it says this, uh, giving an honest answer is like giving a kiss. Single ladies. Some, someone's like, I'm leaving this church. 
Man, giving an honest answer is like giving a kiss, man. It's suppo- honesty is supposed to be a positive, a positive thing. And when someone is honest with you, man, it should uplift your spirit. How about this Proverbs 12, 22? It says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And again, I know we can kind of get it like uptight because we're like, man, God hates something. I told you God's not a loving God. It's, it's, you know, but, but just dude, this super practical level kind of example, let's take out the Lord in this. I'm not saying we're not taking the Lord out of this command. I'm just telling you. Like, put, let's put my name in there. Andy detests lying lips. But Andy delights in people who are trustworthy. Now insert your name into that. Do you agree? We all agree. This is, this is like, duh, this is like, uh, grade level uh, kindergarten, right? You know, uh, for all of us. So let's look at another reference. I think this is Proverbs 6. This is where it gets muddy for my references. Uh, the next scripture, it says this. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. You've heard this before, right? Seven that are detestable to him. And he starts naming them. He says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, okay, lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. That's number two. A person who stirs up conflict in community. Don't you think it's funny that the writer of of Proverbs thinks that this is such a serious thing that he brings up lying twice? God is reminding us, (laughs) to be honest, because if we're honest about being honest, that's such a confusing sentence, We'd all admit that we're a liar and liars. That it's hard to maintain this type of command. Let me, let me just read one more reference about being honest and living in truth. It says, 1 John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth, in honesty. We know this, that honesty, yes, a lot of it has to do with our words, but there is so much more. And this is the message that Jesus is trying to remind us of. Now let's just get down to the the base level, application level. I just want to give everybody an honest moment or opportunity to be honest uh, here. Uh, Let me just ask you, how many of you lie? How many of you lie? Okay. Now, how many of you who didn't raise your hand uh, would admit that you were at least tempted to raise your hand? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if we're looking in the mirror, we all know we struggle with full truths. We struggle with being honest. Now, let me just give you a couple examples. And I, I had some fun with this last hour because my wife wasn't in the sur- uh, <laughs> during the message, and she's still not here, so we can have just as much fun. <laughs> but I had asked Christy, I said, hey, Christy, what, uh, if, you were, if you were gonna lie about something, what would you lie about? Or, you know, if you weren't gonna be fully truthful, some of you are like, that's my pastor. Uh, <clears throat> but if you weren't gonna be fully honest about something, what would you, you know, what would you, what would you say? And Christy said this, she goes, I'd probably lie about what I spent. And I said, yes, you would. <laughs> well, let me just give you an example. Christy might, from time to time, go shopping, and then she'll come home with a new lamp, like we need another lamp. 
and the conversation will go something like this. Uh, Christy, what, uh, we needed another lamp? And she's like, yeah, yes, yes. I sold the other one, uh, and I made money on Facebook. You know, yeah, baloney. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, it was 50 bucks, Andy. Okay, and, um, how many of you know that you know that you know, you know it might be on sale? It might be 50 bucks, but it's not 50 bucks because it was 59.99 with tax. But the tag said 50 at some point. Uh, here's another example. Um, Christy, well, let me, this is another kind of funny lamp story. Um, the one time that I'm going to clean the house a year, okay? <laughs> I relate to the video. Uh, I find a lamp. And I'm like, man, this looks new. I've never seen this lamp before. And I'll kick out the conversation. I'll say, hey, Christy, um, is that new? And she'll say something like, no, that's not new. Because she bought it like an hour ago. <laughs> Y'all know that honesty and non-truths are just easy to kind of work through. I, I, I'll kind of bear my soul. There, are, there have been some moments where my wife has bought, bought that outfit. She's come home. She's put it on. She comes downstairs, and she's like, hey, do you like this? And I'm like, ah, do I be honest, or do I pick my battles? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> like, there's this one outfit that she bought, and it's like straight out of, uh, what is that? Show? Little House on the Prairie. And she looked like Laura Engel Wilder, whatever her name is. And if you go to my Instagram, uh, you'll see it, man. It's like straight out of church in like, what, the mid-1800s or something like that. And like that was a moment where I was like, ah, do I tell her the truth? Y'all get what I'm saying? It's hard to be honest. And honest, honesty, man, it, it sounds simple, but it, it, it's a complex animal. I Googled honesty, and, and, I, and the first thing that popped up and populated was something I thought was worth reading, and this is what it says. Honesty has a power very, people can hand, or very few people can handle. It takes a lot of courage and self-discipline to be honest with yourself and others. Can we hear an amen for Google? So today what I want to do is just take a few moments and give you three shoulds when it comes to honesty that we could remember three things, three principles when it comes to honesty. Here's the first one. Honesty shouldn't be an option. It should be more viewed as an opportunity. But let me just throw this down. We should probably be spirit-led in the process. When that opportunity comes your way to be truthful in full disclosure Consider it. But why do we, why in that kind of circumstance when, 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 when honesty in the situation and we're tempted to lie, why do we hold back? Why do we stretch the truth? Why do we come up with uh, something that isn't truth? Uh, I've, got, I've got a concept. I, I got, the concept is this, is I believe the reason why we lie, we tell half-truths or untruths, it's because fear. Fear is the issue. I believe fear is a major player of untruth and half-truths. And if fear was a tree, then the branches 
would be something like this. They'd be like self-protection. We can't really be truthful with each other because we're trying to protect ourselves. I was chatting with a few friends and just asking them about, about lying and about, um, about being honest and, and some of their struggles of like just like at all times being honest. And, and I said, why would, you, why would you stretch the truth a little bit? And they said, you know what? Uh, because I want to protect the other person. It's like straight out of the movie where it says you can't handle the truth. Some of us, we don't tell the full truth because we're trying to protect someone. How about this one? Some of us, man, we tell a white lie. We'll stretch the truth because, man, we want to please a person. For others, it's about addiction. For some of us, it's about shame. We can't really be honest because we're shameful of this. Then the last one that I came up with uh, on this, this, this tree called fear and its branches was the word pride. Some of us just simply can't be truthful because we have a pride issue. Now, how many of you know the definition of pride in general says something like this? It's an inaccurate view of oneself. And some of us were like, man, I... I don't really deal with pride. I got my head up high. You know, like, or it's, right, like, or no, like, I know I deal with pride because my head is up high. But some of us, we deal with that same pride just on a different spectrum because we have our head down low. And maybe we don't believe who we truly are. And that's something that motivates us to not be truthful. And let me just tell you this. When it comes to fear and as we submit to fear and we we grab a hold of some of those branches and that's how it fleshes out in some of those untruths and lack of honesty moments. I just want to tell you this is small toothpicks, small little lies will add up and one day become a large wedge. Even small toothpicks will add up to a big wedge one day. The second Honesty should is this, is honesty should help more than it hurts. Honesty, truth-telling, is more like a kiss. That's what Proverbs says. And if we believe Scripture, then, then, then this is something we should consider when we're being honest. And start asking the question, is where is the balance? Is what I'm going to share, is that going to uplift someone or is it going to tear someone down. And that's a moment where we pause and we say, God, I'm going to be quick to listen and I'm going to be slow to speak, slow to act and allow God to begin to influence our honesty. I mentioned this last week and I want to mention this again. Some of us, we think we're in a relationship because it's our calling to refine, refine the person we're in the relationship with. But I want to remind you that that's not your goal. That's not your purpose. That's not your calling. God is the refiner. So let us, when we're within relationships, man, let us be honest, but let's keep it in the back of our head that this should help more than it hurts. Can I hear an amen? The third honesty should is this. Honesty should be heard. It should be heard. Very rarely is silence a tool for honesty. You can love someone to the moon and back, but unless you show it or unless you say it, 
that person may never know. Anybody experienced that ever? What I want to tell you, it's going to require some guts. It's going to require some uh, uh, just stepping out on the ocean, right? In relationships, to be honest. But honesty is what will help sustain a healthy relationship. Today is about reminding you to love your kids. To tell your spouse that you love them. To remind your friend that you're for them. And to make sure that they hear that beyond just kind of knowing it. In illustration purposes, when it comes to this positive side of honesty because I think you could sit here and go man you're just talking about lying and negativity and hiding from the truth and all that stuff but I think uh, the best type of honesty like I said is is helping type of honesty it's showing and telling people our love and our and, and what and how we care for individuals and being people who verbalize that and show that through our life and as this week has been unfolding and this last month with Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash I have been absolutely um, just shocked about the response that the world has had on one person's death. And this week I was watching Kobe Bryant's memorial services and some of the small little interviews or eulogies or some of the things that they, like like for instance, Shaquille O'Neal comes to the stage and if you don't know who Shaquille O'Neal in reference to Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, they, they worked together and they accomplished some of the greatest feats in basketball, winning championships together. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, Shaq came up in the middle of his speech and he just admitted, he goes, yeah, Kobe and I's relationship was complex. It was difficult at times. And yes, the, the media presented in one way, uh, but ultimately I'm here to tell you that I love Kobe, that he'll be forever missed and his tears are streaming down his face, that you just felt like there, at the same time, like there was this deep love for Kobe, there was some regret because maybe he hadn't been honest enough. Isn't it funny that when you're at a funeral that that's that one place where people say what needs to be said? Isn't it funny how when we're at a funeral, you can sense regrets. You can sense the unspoken grievances. You can hear about them. And you begin to hear about once silenced appreciation. And today, I'm about to show you a video. It's this candid interview with Shaquille O'Neal a couple days after Kobe Bryant's death. And he's just sitting amongst a couple friends and a couple coworkers, and he's just being real. He's just being honest in the moment and, and how this is affecting him. And, and I understand the emotional reality of some of this video, and I just want to tell you, I'm not attempting to emotionally manipulate you, but I feel like showing this video is a reminder all of us that we still have a chance to tell the people that we're next to, to tell the people that we're in relationship to, or with, and be honest, and to be, in lo- be loving, and show them, and let them hear that we love them.
you know, it just makes me think that in, in life, sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. D Wade, hold on, what's that? Oh, okay, go. We uh, we up here, we work a lot, and I think a lot of times we 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 take stuff for granted. Like I don't talk to you guys as much as I as much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, "Hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got 10. Those are the things that you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here, and I asked him to get 50, and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so. It, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox called, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people rather than always procrastinating, because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. Just for focal reasons, so you just close your eyes, or you bow your head. Lying isn't just an action. I believe lying, dishonesty is a stronghold. I just want to take a moment here as Cordy leads this chorus. I want you to com contemplate. Do you need breakthrough in your life? You need that stronghold to be broken in your life so that you could be honest. person next to you right now and simply whisper, I love you. To look at the person next to you and say, forgive me for some of my untruths. Forgive me for not being completely honest. 
Would you give me a fresh start? At the same time, and let's lean into God. Because we can try, and we can try, and we can try to be the best person that we can be, but we are going to fail. And we need Jesus. Last night I wrote a eulogy, and, and I felt compelled to share this to you, and I'm just wondering if you could make this yours as well. On March 1st, 2020, my good friend's fear and untruth were laid to rest. We had great times together. In fact, we had many moments of victory, cheer, and happiness in exchange of honor. You too have been lifelong companions. You've never left my side. But today, I say goodbye. Goodbye to the moments, goodbye to small victories, and goodbye to temptations. See, I've learned a lot from you But as I part, I look to the way, I look to the truth, and I look to life. For his name is Jesus. And he's going to guide me from here. I will now exchange those small moments for memories of breakthrough. I will exchange small victories for winning the war of love. I will exchange temptation for truth-telling. I will exchange my way for the best way. I'm going to admit my sin. I'm going to refuse to submit to my sinister nature. I know this isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Oh, Mr. Liar, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Because Jesus, today, we choose to follow you. We acknowledge that your grace had paid it all. And that the gift of a relationship with you and our Heavenly Father is free. God, this road we're going to follow you on is not easy. And on that road, you call us to be honest. And in that journey and that opportunity to be honest, God, we just need your help to spirit lead us to say the right times to the right people at the right moment. And if we have a grievance, God, that we wouldn't shy away from honesty. God, we would learn techniques to pause and reflect and listen to bring life later if need be. So Jesus, we just lean into you. We can't do this on our own. We just repeat after me, we cannot do this on our own. Say this, I cannot do this on my own. And that's our prayer today. Jesus, would you help us in Jesus' name? And everybody said... Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the echo.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. 
And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church to get all the details and upcoming services and events.